You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Friday, so it's time for the weekly wrap. And this week I'm speaking to Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers. And Arnu, you're in self-isolation. Well, not in self-isolation. You're in imposed isolation in Somerset West. But you're very lucky. You're looking out over the ocean. You live in a beautiful home. And, you know, there are certain privations that you've had to endure. But otherwise, it's not that bad. But for a lot of people and for a lot of economies, it's really, really bad. Let's start with the economies, if we can. Notably, the United States. Notably, six. Point six four eight million people filing for initial jobless claims yesterday afternoon. Staggering number. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's, uh, it's difficult times. It's um, it's very different to what we used to. Um, it's not. I think one one should remember that none of us has lived through everything through, through anything like this. So this is really different. Um, and and I mean, you have to go back way, way back to see anything like this in, in history. And you're probably talking about the 1870s, 1890s, maybe the Depression. Um, but all those scenarios, if you look at them, they've they've had different causes. So there's different factors at play. So this is different. Um, and, I mean, you can see it in the numbers. If you just look at local numbers, SA numbers, um, vehicle sales down 29%. And, I mean, that's something we haven't seen. Yes, I don't think since we started recording those numbers in South Africa, we haven't seen a number like that. So it's 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 different, and I think that that's why people are so concerned, and people are so uh, yeah, concerned is probably the right word. Scared is probably a, a better word, um, and it's it's understandable, you know. And like like we just said, I mean, people you speak to, and the people I communicate with. Uh, in the investment industry, asset management industry, we're very fortunate. Uh, we stay in a house that's got different rooms. Uh, you've got a TV, probably got a yard if you're not staying in, a, in, in an apartment. Um, and and there's people in a very different scenario who's five to six people in one room um, being locked down in one room. And one can just uh, think about the social ramifications afterwards. And, uh, yeah, so th- this 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 is different um, Making sense of it is, is very difficult. Um, getting back to the economy. Just before you go on to, on to the economy, I think in years to come, we will look back at this as a, a case study. There will be conferences, there will be books, there will be courses at universities that study what has happened over what we've seen over the last six to seven weeks and probably will go on for the next six to seven months. It will be a game changer when it comes to social interaction, socioeconomics, and uh, we'll come to the economics now. But it, we, I don't think we quite realise what we're living through at the moment. Uh, look, we, we, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love history, so, and, and we'll be living probably in, in one of the most iconic times for, for history. This is like you said, uh, this would be like the Great Depression and a great deflation. That's why I referred to 1870, 1890, and then the 1930s. This is something that we haven't seen before. Um, so, uh, you know, so, so one shouldn't say that, and it sounds uh, it sounds very bad if, if I put it this way, but it's it's actually very exciting. Um, and it's something that our kids, kids, and even the generation thereafter would probably read about in textbooks um, when they go to varsity or wherever, um, as, as a case in point, you know. And, 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 and I'd, I'd like to, to re-emphasize this, and I think that the globe was caught unaware because we were in this very peaceful um, time frame for a very long time. Um, we haven't seen anything like this. We haven't seen. We haven't even seen a world war 
um, uh, apart from the people that's very, very old. Um, and and so, so this is not something we used to. And and there was reports out from the uh, WHO uh, that that actually made mention of of the cost of a pandemic outbreak already in 2018. But nobody, obviously, there is no country that actually looked at that report and said, how can we deal with this if it were to happen? Because nobody was expecting anything like this. Now we have it, um, and then clearly we are not geared to deal with it. I mean, if you look at the States as an example, it's just a complete disaster. Um, the UK as well. Oh, you, you, you can name countries. Um, in South Africa, it looks fairly good at this stage, but, I mean, there's lots of articles on this, and, and it's probably due to under-testing. Um, I mean, if, if you look at the, the population breakdown, uh, I think I think the number read in the article this morning, the, the estimate number for tests in public services, so that's uh, state hospitals, basically, or public uh, lab laboratories, is only 6,000. Um, and there's a total number of 44,000, I think, tests that was since the outbreak that, that was conducted, which tells you that the majority of those tests were in private um, laboratories. Now, those private tests, the cost is about 800 to 1,400, whatever you, you call that number. Um, but the fact of the matter is your guy who's on a grant of uh, two, two and a half thousand or one, one and a half thousand rand a month definitely can't afford to get himself tested at a private uh, laboratory. Yes. So I, I, I guesstimate, and, and I think um, you can probably make it worse if you want to, but I guesstimate about 50% of the South African population, uh, purely they can't afford to be tested. So the numbers we are seeing in South Africa, I think, is hugely understated. Um, and, I think and so that, too, and I, I, I do appreciate what people say about the way that uh, Cyril Ramaphosa's government, led by the president himself, has uh, have conducted themselves and doing this. But I do think below the surface we are going to have a pandemic unleashed in our country that uh, will usurp everything that we've seen in Italy and the United States. I hope not. Yeah. I hope that people haven't yeah. come into yeah. contact with people from overseas that have had that have got this virus. But if they have, then I'm sorry, it's going to spread very quickly and it's an awful prospect. And the other thing I want to talk about, and I want to make this chat mainly local if we can, is that people mm -hmm. say, well, it's all it, uh, the Moody's downgrade and the coronavirus is all in, in the market. Now, I'm sorry, but that's been proved mm -hmm. to be completely wrong. Look at mm -hmm. the rand at the moment. Look at the dollar rand exchange rate. Look at the euro rand. Look at the British pound against the rand. Yeah. The dollar rand is 1874 today, which is a near 2% fall from yesterday's levels. Look at the R186. It went from 9.5 to 13.5 and, and then back to um, 11. And now, again, it's just coming under pressure. I don't think we even seen the start of it quite honestly and this terrifies me i have to say i've yeah. never i've never been scared before i've always been sort of quite blasé about south africa and we'll get through it this time i'm not sure 11.37 for the south african 10-year bond no one's mm. coming first because no one's spending yeah look i mean i've, I've looked at the outflows as well um outflows, uh, foreign outflows and bonds and equities is just a huge and uh, I agree with you I think it might get worse uh, you know there, there's lots of people who's now saying your yeah, bonds is cheap on any measure of valuation that or metric or that you can use and, and I tend to to disagree with that if you go to 94 that period 94 99 
um, more or less in between those years. And you look at our debt levels during those periods as a percentage of GDP, and you look at the budget deficit as a percentage of GDP during those periods, bonds can get a lot cheaper, local bonds. So I would be very uh, careful to make a comment saying that uh, bonds is very cheap, uh, the cheapest they've been on any metric. Because in my opinion, then you're not uh, looking at the full data set. You're looking at a data set that probably starts in 99 or 2000. Um, you should look further back. You should look at the period 94, 95. Look at those debt levels. Look at where bonds traded then. Bonds traded at 15% yield. Um, so it could get a lot worse. I think that that's, that's, that's definitely um, on, on the cards. Um, hopefully not, like you said. But, um, you know, firstly, we've got this Moody's downgrade and they haven't they haven't reweighted the index this, at the end of March. They're going to do it at the end of April. That's probably why we're seeing a lot of these flows in anticipation. Um, but but that Moody's downgrade, if you read the the what they said, it, it's clearly it's debt. It's it's debt's a problem. Growth's a problem. Now. Um, what's different is uh, debt is a global problem currently. It's not only a South African problem. So, you know, you, uh, we make comparisons to Brazil and I've done the same. And you say, well, look at what happened after the downgrade in Brazil. You can't make that comparison currently no. because uh, it's very different world to when Brazil was downgraded. So the whole world has got this debt problem to start off with. This whole world has got this virus outbreak, this corona, COVID-19 issue. And South Africa has only just started with that. Now, there's all these, this, this relief in terms of tax and UIF, and, but that money needs to be paid from somewhere. Remember, the, the money isn't created for free, so it needs to be paid from somewhere. And um, like I said, if, if, you do, if you use vehicle sales as an indicator, because that's, that's the latest data point we've got, um, and, and you look, you use that as, as, as a sort of a leading indicator for retail sales, we're going to see a slump in retail sales, which means tax revenues is going to go down like a rock. And um, uh, if mm. you don't have revenue, uh, where are you going to get money to pay all of this relief? And, and the relief just makes the revenue even less. Um, now you've stopped the sales of, of alcohol and, and, and cigarettes as well, so sin tax is also going to take a, a dive. Uh, yeah, look, at, I mean, in my opinion, the possibility or probability of, of getting an IMF or some kind of loan from the BRICS Bank, IMF, World Bank, whomever it is, I think is very, very high. Um, I see Tito Mbouwene speaking to African um, uh, finance ministers. Uh, it might be a case that they go to the World Bank or IMF together and then disguise the, the, the funding as a fight against corona, which is a clever move because then it looks as though you're only getting it because of the, the, the outbreak. But in actual fact, we probably would have gone to them were it not for the were it not for for COVID nineteen in any case because yes, but it would have been serious, it, it wouldn't have been issue. condensed into this time though. I mean, we we, we yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I spoke to somebody who I won't mention now, maybe seven eight years ago, and he said, Lindsay, by twenty twenty five, we will be going to the IMF, and he was very controversial in saying that. Um, but uh, that twenty twenty five has been brought forward to twenty twenty. I do believe we have to go there. Don't you? I mean, and take, take, take the pain and just go there. 
but unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of begging bowls on the desk of the IMF at the moment. So how do they prioritise? I don't know. But the ne- next six exactly months is going to be problem. terrible. Yeah, that's exactly the problem. That, that's why I said, you know, the, the scenario, the world we're in, from an economic point of view and financial markets, is very different to what you had in, in Brazil. So um, you, you can use any of those other countries who's just been downgraded as an example, but you need to look at the circumstances around the downgrade. Yes. And, and it's very different what we've got currently. I mean, I, would have, I, was, I was looking at a thing from Ray Dalio, which is probably one of the icons these days. Oh, yeah. Um, he, seems to get, he seems to get it right over and over again. And, I mean, he, he's talking about a 30% of one-third um, sell-down in the, in the U.S. dollar. And the, the argument around it is basically debt. He's saying that there's no way they can fund the current reliefs. There's no way that they – the only way they can get more money is by issuing uh, treasuries. And, um, you know, to a certain point they can do it, but then the dollar would have to weaken for people to, to find U.S. treasuries attractive. Um, and it's not – it might not happen in the next month. It could happen in the next month. It might be only 2021, um, but the, the the states has got exactly the same problem um, that we've got. The only the, the only issue, the, the only thing they don't have is their infrastructure is obviously much better than what we've got in South Africa. And I mean, I, I want to get back to South Africa. So uh, you would have seen that they're now having they they're setting up mobile testing clinics, um, and now it's come to the light. Only one of those is actually working. And I think that that's a good example of how South Africa is functioning. So, yes, leadership is great. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, our president, what he's done up until now is unbelievable, the way he's, 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 he's acted as a leader and, and pulled everybody to get together. And, and there's accountability to, to the ministers in your different departments, yes. which I think is a great move. Um, the problem is you're sitting with this legacy of, of, of non-action, so infrastructure is falling apart, and again, I get back to to state laboratories. It's not a case that that the, um, the people don't want to get tested. It's a case of they don't have the expertise, they don't have the practical means to do the actual testing, and you know that that so. That, that concerns me because it's uh, all the fa- the faults, uh, you know, the cracks that was there in the past is now being exposed uh, for everybody to see. So, you know, and, 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 and that, you know, even the social uh, or the, the or whatever you call it, the, the social breakdown of African community uh, population is also coming to the fore because these, um, the, the lockdown and, and the regulations around it um, works for people in the suburb. Uh, doesn't work for 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 anybody that stays in a shack in in Kailicho or, in, or anywhere of of those rural of, of, you know informal settlements. It's never going to work. You need something completely different for for to lock down some uh, you know a, a, a an informal settlement. Supply. I don't know. Let, let's supply mm-hmm. this uh, this socio and socioeconomic social and socioeconomic commentary uh, to the markets. And I've got to be brutally honest with you. How do you feel, uh, Sky Blue Fund Managers? You're a, a small to medium sized fund management uh, company. How are you going to survive if this thing goes on? How are you going to survive if the market keeps going down? How are you going to survive if the people that are the very lifeblood of your company don't have the money uh, to keep on 
investing and taking your your wisdom and um, you have to t- take your commissions, obviously. You have to be paid for what you do. What is the future? I mean, it's not just the the, the man and the woman in the street who hasn't got a job now, a casual mm. uh, job, um, emptying the bins at a restaurant or something like that, or serving in a restaurant. It's also people like yourself. You must be slightly worried, Arnu. <laughs> slightly, sorry. <laughs> so, understatement. Now, look, um, um, I think the asset management industry is... is so well, let me start from this point. We've just okay. whilst in lockdown, I had to do a, a we had to do new budgets, um, and and um, you know the, we just cutting costs left, right, and centre. To be honest, uh, now I think that that's not only us; that's all companies, if you ask me. So stuff like uh, marketing expenses and that type of stuff, where you can cut, that's about a fifteen twenty percent cut. Be doing on budget for the up until the end of this year. Um, just it's not to say that that the revenues are down currently. It's just an anticipation of what might happen, and I think a lot of companies is doing that. So, you know, and and and, and you start with with cutting costs, miscellaneous costs that you can cut, like marketing, for example. Um, but then it gets to a point now. It's not there in our case, but I think a lot of the bigger companies is already there. You have to cut jobs. Um, that's the only thing that's left. Now you're sitting in South Africa where you've already got a 60% if you, if you include the discouraged workers, 60% unemployment rate. If you cut more jobs, what the hell happens then? Um, and, and so, and then if, if you take it even smaller, um, smaller than us, uh, I've got a friend who does bottling or wine, bottling of wine. Yes. Um, they can't bottle. So the farmers, the, the, the wine farmers, um, they, they are allowed to bring in the harvest, the, cro- the, the, the grapes basically, but you can only take it to tank. You can't take it any further than that. Uh, that that's where they, they, they've not cut it off. Um, so he's bottling uh, a company. Uh, I mean, he's basically at home. He can't do anything. So there's no revenue being generated. Um, he's got people, more people working for him than more what we've got in our company. Obviously, lower salaries, but even at that low salary, that might be the only breadwinner in in in, in a household of five or six people. Um, so you know the, the the social ramifications and and just the yeah, you know, I, I don't think we we begin to understand how bad the situation is yes. and how bad it can get. I mean, so the, a dentist, a friend of mine, exactly the same thing. Um, he's doing emergency. Uh, so if you've got something which is an emergency, then you can phone him and he'll go into uh, consultation. But if it's if it's a run-of-the-mill, you know, polish of, of, of your teeth or whitening, all of that stuff stuff falls away. And, and, and I, I, I don't know for a fact, but I, I would guess that that's probably your higher margin stuff is, is the, the teeth whitening because it's, it's faster and, you know, and that's more, mostly people who can afford it. Whereas a guy who's got an emergency, he needs to be there. Um, it's, it's a very different um, person that comes in for an emergency to the guy who comes in for a teeth whitening. Okay, so what we understand um, now yeah. is, uh, what I understand, I've understood it for many, many weeks now. And from what I'm understanding from people like yourself, uh, I would say you're a little bit more of a visionary rather than uh, someone from a much larger institution that's got his or her head in the sand about it, everything's going to be fine because it'll blow over. I don't believe that. It will blow over, but uh, the blowover might be a lot longer 
Mm. in the future mm. than, than we think. What do you do now? I suppose it's preservation of capital rather than yeah, boosting that, capital. That that, yeah, that, that, that's the question I think everybody's asking. I mean, a, a telltale sign is my neighbor next door is a, is a pensioner um, and, and I think he's probably 70-something. And um, he's asked me the exact same question yesterday. Um, on a, what do I do with my money? Um, do I buy equities? Is it the right time? <laughs> what do I do? Um, so, and and, and uh, to be honest, I, I don't have I don't have the answer to that question. Um, you know, one, one can look at probabilities. If, if we start with cash as, as your risk-free starting point, um, you're still getting in South Africa a very nice cash yield relative to inflation, and inflation is probably going to drop uh, substantially. I mean, the, with the oil, uh, the oil in rands is down 44% month on month. There's no demand, so you're not going to get a, a you know a bull inflation because there's literally no demand. <laughs> so inflation is probably going to fall, um, and I think that's a global phenomenon. If you ask me, uh, there's different uh, um, opinions on that out there, and, and I think it's worthwhile reading some articles on inflation versus deflation. In my mind, I, I don't want to say it's an outright. Uh, in my mind, so it's not an outright. It will happen, but are we getting there? Where I think we we we're heading into a deflationary period, um, maybe an extended deflationary period. I think the world's just got too much capacity, um, and and that capacity would have to reset at a much lower level to to open up new opportunities. So that, that's the that, that's the first starting point. Cash gives you a very nice yield in South Africa. Now, obviously, the Reserve Bank is on a cutting cycle. It would be interesting to see how aggressive the cutting cycle gets um, because uh, they've got the RAND on the one hand, the same old problem. Um, do they really now want to cut 2%, 3% at a time? It might be worthwhile. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to pay attention to what the Reserve Bank says over time. But like I said, cash still gives you a very nice yield. Then if we go to bonds, we had the discussion on bonds. And the funny thing is bonds is on the long end has actually moved up. So they've sold off. The yields has moved up. And on the short end, they've actually strengthened. So the, the yield curve has, has steepened, uh, which tells you that the market, the bond market is in the longer term still expecting inflation. But over the next five years, six years, it's actually expecting very low inflation. Um and it, it would be it would be interesting to see how that plays out over time, but like we've said, I, I still think there might be some more pain in bonds. So I would be very uh, reticent to to put a lot of money into bonds. And if you want to, you probably want to be on the short end, not the long end. Um, so that's bonds. Then, funny enough, equities I think is a fairly safe place not to buy the index. You would have to buy very specific equities. And I, I mean, I've looked at the charts yesterday, stuff like BAT, for example, BTI, um, that's had a very nice run-up. Um, NASPAS has had a very nice run. And those are the type of companies that one can can look at. Um, you'd want probably big companies, companies that got positive cash flow and with with uh, less debt. Um, that's probably where you want to invest if you buy equities. But ironically, I, I think uh, that type of company, which is paying you a good dividend as well, might be safer actually than bonds um, because at least you've got some kind of growth uh, um, underlying the revenue. But 
like the, that's why I said you have to be very specific at, at what you buy because I think uh, uh, the likes of retailers, we're going to see some atrocious numbers coming out. Mm. Um, so, you know, to put money into a retailer now might, might be a bit short-sighted and a bit too too fast. Um, and and it's, so if we then move on to, to property, listed property, it's probably the only asset class that price in a lot of bad, bad news. I mean, if you can go back as, uh, as go back as long as you want to, and we haven't seen properties price at these levels. It's not like bonds. It's not like equities. Equities, we've actually seen equities price cheaper on the index level, um, but probably yeah, we but haven't so seen anything I'm, like I'm, that. I'm, but, I'm but, sorry but, to but, interrupt but, you here, but uh, do people have the appetite to say, well, I'm now going no. to, I'm, I'm going to buy this thing because it's historically cheap? There's, there's two points here, and uh, from my layman's point of view, mm-hmm. is number one, some of these companies are going to go bust. Number two, exactly. they, they, their assets will be put up for auction, but no one's got any money to buy it, and no one's exactly. got any appetite uh, to buy it. So the, the, the recovery is going to be very, very long-winded. And I just can't, I can't yeah. see any reason why anybody, anybody in their right mind, in their current state of mind, would want to buy property REITs on the JSC Securities Exchange. It just, just, looks, like a, it just looks like a dead dog to me. Yeah, so, so remember the, the properties, I mean, the starting yield, the, the yields you're looking at is, is historic. And the problem you're sitting with now is, is forecast yields, so forward yields, is, is problematic because what do you, I mean, an analyst that, 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 that values the REIT, he needs to put some kind of earnings growth, some kind of distribution growth on that um, uh, entity. And, uh, you know, currently in my mind, it's, uh, it's very much a thumbs up. You know, it's always a thumbs up. But, but if, uh, you need to make some assumptions. And even the assumptions currently is very much a thumbs up. Nobody knows exactly how this thing is going to play out. Um, so, look, if you've got speculative money, that's probably those two places as the equities. If you want to buy equities, buy the ones with positive cash flow, high dividend yield and, and very little debt. If you want to move it up a notch, you can look at property. But like you've just said, you would be would have to be very careful again. Which reads do you buy? Um, the ones that it's got a lot of uh, exposure to um, to retail, um, they've got issues because there's already they've already asked for for some kind of relief um, in terms of of rental incomes just to keep the retailers going. Because remember that there's no, there's basically no food, food, uh, foods through the door. Well, not no, none, but there is very little um, food. Uh, something like a checkers and a shop, a shop right is different mm-hmm. because it's, it's a food retailer. But a general retailer, I would be very, very careful, um, especially well taking it then back to property to the reach. So the guys who's got uh, shopping center exposure, I would be very careful. Uh, they might be cheap, but they're cheap for a reason. Um, industrial counters on the REIT side might be a better bet. Um, they might be able to withstand it over time. And then again, you would have to look at loan to, to loan values, you know, uh, how geared is, is, is the REIT. So if it's very geared, um, then probably don't touch it because, uh, like you said, some of them will go bust. I think some of the bigger companies even might go bust yes. um, on, on the JSE. So, yeah, the, the, again, you know, as something like Aspen, for example, which has already been uh, knocked down very, very hard. Um, it's probably in the right sector going forward. 
um, it might be worth looking at um, yeah, something like a nice batch, like I said. Even the banks. But again, if you, if you look at the four banks or, or the five, if you include Capitec, look at the ones with, with the lowest um, low, middle to low income debt exposure. Because those are the ones who's probably going to be hit very hard when it comes to repayments. I mean, we've seen can all the you, banks Can you, uh, just in the last minute or so, can you, I mean, mm. that's a very interesting point. Can you identify out of the five, maybe even six banks that we're talking about, the, mm. the, the original four plus Capitec, maybe even a, a specialist bank or so, which, uh, which is mm. the one or which are the one or two that might have exposure to the most vulnerable part of our society? Just, just very quickly, if you uh, look. look, I mean, I don't think it's a difficult question to answer. I think Capitec is, is really, they are, they've got by far the biggest exposure. In terms of, of, of the breakdown of their book, their biggest exposure is to that middle to lower income and more so almost towards the lower income. Part. Okay, so Capitec so, we don't like. Uh, well, the, the problem with Capitec is, uh, and and so it's, it's that exposure is the one problem with Capitec. And then uh, Capitec is still not cheap. Um, so uh, it's, I don't think it's fully priced in. And then secondly, um, a, a lot of the revenue in Capitec is also from transactions. Now, uh, there's very little transactions coming through. So, yeah, that, that, I, I would much rather buy something that, that's cheaper and that's got a different uh, client breakdown than Capitec. Something like a net bank is actually looks interesting. I mean, and, and I know these are... Just like to re-emphasize, these are historic yields that I'm quoting. But NetBank is trading on a on a historic 18% dividend yield. You can borrow money from NetBank at 10%. So in essence, you can borrow money, in bed, buy some stock, get an 18% dividend yield, even if that dividend is 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 not correct. So if the 18% is too high because it's historic, and they will have obviously they will also take some pain. But even if, if, if you reduce that dividend yield to 15, 14, you're still take, making a 4% uh, return, uh, arbitrage return, if you want to call it, without even up, uh, uplifting the price of, of NetBank. So, so that's the type of stuff I would look at um, if you want to invest. But remember, cash is safe. And like I said, cash gives you a very nice real yield in South Africa. Yes, if the Reserve Bank cuts drastically or dramatically or aggressively, whatever the word is, yes. <laughs> then th- th- that scenario changes completely. And, and, and funny enough, um, if they do that and they cut aggressively, um, then it, it, that's not necessarily a good thing for, for bonds. Um, so one should be careful. I, I think the bond space, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that that one – shouldn't invest in bonds. I'm just saying be very careful if you invest in bonds and don't make statements where you say bonds is very cheap and it's the cheapest on any metric because firstly, you haven't looked at all the data because it's been cheaper. Secondly, this scenario is very different and and, and to make that type of, of, of comment, I think, you know, you, you, you might get caught out. And um, if I were an investor, a guy on the street, like my neighbor who's a pensioner, who's got money to invest, for now, keep your cash. Uh, you, there, there's no haste in making investments currently. So stay in um, cash. In stay, stay liquid just no, in case. Stay in cash for, for, for the time being. You might and miss the first 20% something. of the market, but the next, 50, the next 20, 30% after exactly. that, you'll make money. Oh, no, we have to leave it there, but thank you so much for your, for your time. Are, are you coping yourself personally? 
Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got three little critters running around me. So I heard one of them in the background there. They're very well yeah, behaved. Yeah. They are, they are. They are. I've, I've told them before. <laughs> I've coached them. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm, I'm actually now becoming a teacher as well. So um, if anybody wants to subscribe to online Arnie teachings, then um, they're more than welcome to dial in on 9 o'clock. At 9 o'clock every day, every weekday, <laughs> we, we start with um, multiplication, the two mall tafel. Oh yes, call it in Afrikaans. Um, yeah, the one is on on the on the three mile tafel. The other one, there's I don't know, three hundreds and two hundreds. And then the, the youngest one, she's just busy starting right started. Well, if they want now, an English so lesson as well, I mean, and I'm, I'm I'm not saying your English is is not great, but uh, if they want an English lesson, uh, then I I can dial in and we can talk about you know, the basics of English because although there you you're, go. although you're Afrikaans, <laughs> unfortunately the the language of business is is English. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> Uh, this scary time that's Anu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers and that was the weekly wrap the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author and since we are critically thinking human beings these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time please do not hold us to them in perpetuity